For those of you that don't know me, I am Ryan Kine. I am the Next Steps and Outreach Minister here at Bachelor Creek, just north of Wabash, Indiana. Welcome. Now, before we start, I would love to open in a word of prayer. But before we start with a word of prayer, one second. Got to get my jacket on here. Make sure I'm looking my part. Does that look good? Look good. So, please bow with me. Our Heavenly Father, which art in heaven, help me to relax about insignificant details beginning tomorrow at 741 with 23 seconds a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Help me to consider people's feelings, even though most of them are hypersensitive. Help me to take responsibility for the consequences of my actions, even though they're normally not my fault. Help me not to try to run everything, but Lord, if you need my help, please feel free to ask. Help me to be more laid back and help me to do that exactly right. Help me to take things more serious, especially things like laughter, our election, and even Christmas cards. Give me patience, and I mean right now, please. Help me to not be so much of a perfectionist. Did I spell that right? Perfectionist. I need to remember to check my notes on that. I don't think I spelled that right. But Lord, help me to do only what I can and to trust you for the rest. And if you don't mind, Lord, can you uh, put that in writing so that um, we can always refer back to that? Keep me open to other ideas, <laughs> even though they're misled by many. Help me to slow down and not to rush through what I do. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Has anybody got a mint? Has anybody got a mint? Nobody, nobody in this room has a mint. Not one person has a mint. Okay. Can, can I have that mint, please? You know, I've, I've been fasting for this message all week, and I mean, I am just, can I, can I sit, I'm, can, scoot on over, I need to sit down. Whew, man. Oh. All right, all joking aside, seriously, um, how many of you, if I acted like this on a normal basis, would like want to come back to this church every week? Anybody? <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. So for those of you that really do know me, um, you know that uh, this is not how I normally act. So for those of you that don't know me, um, again, I am Ryan Kime. I am the Next Steps and Outreach Minister here. And um, I just want to know one thing. How have you reflected Jesus the last couple weeks. How have you reflected Jesus? See, for me, I just, I've been convicted of something that David said um, two weeks ago in his message on reflecting Jesus. 
And I want to share with you a story. Because David spoke on October 11th about reflecting Jesus. But on October 10th, I had an opportunity to reflect Jesus, and I didn't. And I want to share that story with you. I was on my way to Stockton Field, and as I'm driving to Stockton Field, I get a text message, and, and um, I normally have it sitting up here on my, my dash, and so for some reason, it didn't recognize my face, so I didn't get to see who it was, and I tried to do my best to not actually text and drive. So once I got to Stockton Field, I pulled in, I get out, and, I, I, and then I put my phone in my back pocket, forgetting about that text. And as I'm walking up, and you know how in front of Stockton Field, you got the drive that goes between the building and the parking lot, you know? So I'm like, oh, someone text me. I need to see who that was. So I'm walking across, pulling out my phone. And you know at Stockton Field, you know how they have up against the store where the sidewalks are normally at, they got all their, their, their lawnmowers and their ATVs and their wood splitters and snowblowers and all that stuff. Like, it basically takes up all of the sidewalk, Right? So here I am, we're going to pretend like this is one of the mowers, and I'm like within a foot of that mower. And I pull my phone out, and I'm reading the text, and I'm responding to that text, and all of a sudden, beep, I look up. And here's this lady sitting in this car, honking her horn, and goes like this. Here's what I did. Right? Right? That's what I did. And then another 15 feet into the building, you know what I did? Put my Jesus changes everything mask on. Right? So let me ask you this. Was I reflecting Jesus? Was I reflecting Jesus? So then last week, we got the chance to hear Nate talk about loving our brothers. Was I, was I loving my brother? I don't know who that lady was. She may be in this audience today, and if you are, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she may be watching this online, and if you're online watching this, man, I really am sorry, ma'am. I did not reflect Jesus, and I apologize. But then last week, we got to hear Nate. Like I said, last, year we got, last week, we got to hear Nate also talk about loving our brothers we also got to hear him about talking about imagine righteousness differently. So this week, this week though, we're going to continue to look at the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going we're gonna to dive in and, talk, and we're going to read in Matthew 6, verse 1. And I want to read it to you real quick. And it'll be on your screens too as well. It says, watch out. Do not do deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose the reward your Father in heaven, from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gift in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, 
That is all the reward you will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. So I want to go back. We looked at, we looked at that story that I told you about Stockenfield. And I asked you, was I reflecting Jesus? And I was asking you if I loved my brother. And I asked you, how does that look like reimagining righteousness? See, there's one thing when I read through this part of the story of the Sermon on the Mount that, that comes to my mind is, and, and it brings me to my very first point that I want to share with you. And I really want you guys to grasp this first part because this first part is so important. And that is, my performance, my performance is not based on how and when I share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's based on Jesus' performance through me. I am so thankful for that because at Stockenfield, you saw what I did. I used my performance. I used my performance, and I failed. But if I use Jesus' performance, I will succeed in his will. Now, we just read through that section of the story of the Sermon on the Mount, and I want to break down a few things, and I want to share a couple things, and I'm going to pick on a couple of guys in this process. So if your name happens to come up, just remember how much I love you, okay? So, and I did not ask permission because these are grown men, so we can talk about it later. Matthew 6, 1 says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. So when we do good deeds, don't tell, your, don't, don't tell what you're doing, right? So I want to tell you just a small, quick story. A couple, about a month ago, maybe five weeks ago now, we got the privilege of a group of men to go together, and we went to uh, Charlotte Anderson's house. And Charlotte, if you're watching, thank you for allowing us to come and, and uh, build you a ramp. But we got to build her a ramp, and... Um, as I'm going through the directions and telling everybody, you know, what we're going to do and kind of divvying out assignments on, on what we're going to do for this ramp, um, all of a sudden, Ted Little says, man, we really need a Jim Hoover here to help us build this. And I'm like, oh, Ted, we'll get this. It's no big deal. And he's like, oh, yeah, it is a big deal. So we go ahead and proceed forward. And in the process of doing this, um, about halfway through this, now, I just want to remind you, I am not telling you a story to brag or boast or anything in that. I'm just telling you the story because I want you to get how important this is. But about halfway through this, Ted says, man, Ryan, I had no clue you knew how to do anything like this. And I want to tell you this. The reason why I'm sharing this story with you is because this is the kind of stuff that we have to do. We can't sit here and boast about the things we got to do. We just have to do them. If we have to take time to tell, if I had to take time to tell those six guys there that Saturday morning, hey guys, don't, we don't need no stinking Jim Hoover. Love you, Jim. But we don't need no Jim Hoover here. I've got this. 
I took two years of building trades before Jim even was teaching and all this stuff, and I used to build homes. I could have I went through this whole scenario, but I didn't. So let's move on. The next one is, is, is 6 5. Matthew 6 5, it says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see. I tell you the truth, that is their reward. They will ever get. It's just like my prayer this morning. I thought that was a fantastic prayer, didn't you guys? But I had a lot of fun searching that and, and finding just the right things to put in there. But I'm telling you, people pray like that. People go around and toot their own horns and, and try, to, try to build themselves up in their prayers and, and stuff. So, so you gotta be careful on that. Moving on to Matthew 6, 16, it says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious. We've asked you guys to fast on Friday mornings to help us really set aside some time to really pray for our next uh, lead minister here at Bachelor Creek. And I hope many of you are doing that. But what I'm hoping is is that you guys aren't going out and bragging about, yep, I fasted this morning just so we can get the right new minister here. I hope you guys aren't doing that. We gotta be careful on that stuff. So I... I just asked myself, I just went through all these things and, and all this stuff, but how, how is it that I can reflect Jesus? How is it that I can, I can be humble? How is it that I can be so much imagining the right kind of righteousness? How is it that I can do that? It's in our motives. It's in our motives. We can't be so self-aware. We cannot be so self-agended. And we can't be so self-serving. It's in our motives. We have to have the correct motives. Now, I just, I just want to share with you this little glimpse. So when I found out, when we divvied up the whole who's going to be preaching on what weeks and what part of the Sermon on the Mount, when I found out that I was going to be preaching on chapter 6, verses 1 through 24, I took that next whole week, the next probably seven, maybe eight days, and I did nothing but read Matthew 6, Every day, every day, every day, every day. I read it in different translations. And I'll tell you what, and then the week after that, I not only did I read it again, I opened up my commentaries and started looking. And then it was when I finally found this hidden gem inside of Matthew 6 that just absolutely blew this whole section up. And I've prepared you guys for this leading up to this right now, this morning. I prepared all this for you. And here's that hidden gem. Here's what I want to share with you. In Matthew 6, 6, it says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then the Father who sees everything will reward you. Now, I just want to tell you that some translations uses the word inner room there. Go to your inner room, okay? But here's the thing. That's all fine and dandy. We can go to our inner room and I can sit down in my, in my lazy boy recliner and I can kick my feet up and, and I can just sit here and, and read scripture and pray all day long. But here's the thing. How am I ever gonna reach anybody sitting in the comfort of my lazy boy? If that's what going to my inner room is and shutting the door and doing it in private, how am I ever gonna help the needy? How am I ever gonna know who to pray for? It'd kind of be easy to fast if I sit here the whole time because I won't be able to get up to go to eat or whatever. But how can I reach my community, my family, 
those that need Christ for the comfort of my lazy boy. See, here's that hidden gem that I want to share with you. Finding your inner room in a one-room house. Why do I say that? Here's that hidden gem. Most of of culture back in Jesus' time when he referred to this is the simple fact that most everybody had a single room house. They didn't have separate quarters. They had a room they went to. So what's that inner room? What's that inner room? Jesus is saying, it's your heart. See my heart? Dennis and Michael and I put that together this week so you guys could see the reflection of the heart. Now, when I'm speaking of heart, it's a thing that we have to overcome in our hearts. And, and, and it's something that we need to do in private. You know, he tells us metaphorically, it's our inner room is our heart. We gotta do it in private. So we gotta give privately. We have to um, pray privately. We have to fast privately. So everything's privately. So it's in our inner room. That's the hidden gem is he wants us in our heart. Now here's what I want you to get from this. And this is the lesson that I had to learn from my stock and field experience is what we do in public needs to reflect what we do in private. What we do in public needs to reflect what we do in private. And let me tell you, um, I didn't reflect very well what I do in private when I was out publicly that Saturday morning at Stockenfield. You wanna know why? Because I used my head knowledge. I used what I knew, what I thought was going on. And you wanna know what I thought was going on there at Stockenfield? I thought, here's this lady thinking there's this young dude up there texting and not paying attention. And so then you know what my instant thought was? Here's this older lady thinking I'm a young dude texting and not paying attention. And I'm going to show her one, and I'm going to go, look at the space you got, ma'am. Help yourself. But you know what? That was all up here. It was all up here. Now, last week, I happened to be reading in Romans. Um, I started um, reading Romans uh, in my personal time, and and I found something that was really, really cool. And I just want to share that with you this morning and it's in Romans 1, 20 through 23, and it says this. It says, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they could clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they know God but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, birds, and animals, and reptiles. See, this paints a beautiful picture of what heart knowledge versus head knowledge is. See, again, like Stockenfield, I used my head knowledge when Jesus is calling us to use our heart knowledge. 
So how do we get from here to here? How do we get from there? How do we get from there? I got one more text I want to share with you, and that's in, also in Romans. It's, it's Romans 12. Um, many of you have heard this scripture before, but I want to share it with you, and if you don't know it, that's fine. We're going to give, you, give it to you this morning because it's so important. So Romans 12, starting in verse 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think of don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies many have many parts, and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we, have, and we all belong to each other. I want you to grasp this. God wants to transform our hearts. He wants to transform our hearts. See, many of us, we, we go around thinking that, oh, I, I gotta get a heart transplant. But that's not what we need. We don't need a heart transplant. What we need is we need a defibrillator to shock our hearts back into the rhythm that God has so much put into life for us. We need a defibrillator. We need to have our hearts shocked back into the rhythm. Now, many of you are like, well, you know, I, I've, I know somebody that's had a heart transplant. I'm not talking about the actual flesh and blood of a heart. I'm talking about the heart that God has inside you, that inner room, that soul inside you where God wants to reign. We gotta have that shocked back into rhythm. See, for so many of us, we think with our heads and not our hearts because our hearts are so out of rhythm. And what happens is, is we drag our hearts through the muddy paths of our lives when God intended for our hearts to shine so brightly for him. Some of us, we try to do the right things, but yet we do them for the wrong reasons because we're still thinking with our head. And we're still dragging our hearts through our muddy paths. Now I know I've thrown a lot of things out there at you guys today already. And I just want to recap on a few things and just kind of share a few things with you as, as we come into the final stages of this morning's message. And the first thing I want to remind you is, is it, remember, it's not my performance it's not your performance on when and how we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's how we allow Jesus to perform through us. How do you allow him to perform through you? Have you found that inner room? Have you found that inner room yet? Many of us are walking around confused, not knowing that we even have an inner room. 
Have you found that in a room? And then this one's the one that really hit me good is, is what I do in public needs to reflect what I do in private. First of all, I gotta ask you, what do you do in private? What do you do in private? And is that really truly what you reflect in public? Because see, so many of us, what we do from on Sunday mornings is so different than what we do even Sunday afternoon all the way till Sunday morning. And then the last thing that I just shared is, is, is we don't need a heart transplant. I mean, guys, God made us in his own image. Do you really think he needs to tra- transplant our heart? He put in you the exact heart that he needs you to have. We need to absolutely get our hearts back in rhythm with him the way he designed it to be. Now this morning, my bottom line is this. This is, this is the, the ultimate thing. If I had to wrap everything up in one sentence, well actually two sentences, this would be what I want you to get. It is a heart thing. It's positional versus experiential. Modem Motive is more important than simple activity. Your motive is more important than simple activity. You know, one of the greatest things about it is, is, is we can, many of us can come here on Sunday mornings and we can come in and check the box, say, yep, I went to church. I acted like a Christian this morning. I checked the box. Or maybe on Tuesday nights, I checked the box. I went to small group. I can act like a Christian, and I can check all these boxes, but here's the thing. Can you step up and react like a follower of Christ? It's easy for anybody to act like a Christian, but can you react like a follower of Christ? Many of us participated in the last couple weeks bringing in all sorts of candy. My best guess and it was, believe me, it was tough, but my best guess is we had like 1,030 bags of candy. You guys did that. You guys did that. Last night was awesome, passing out candy to kids. And those that ran candy, the, other, the small businesses downtown, were just having a fun time with it. You guys did that. But I wanna ask you, did you do it with the right motives? Did you bring in the candy with the right motives or did you just check the box? Did you act like a Christian because the church asked me to bring it in or did you react as a follower of Christ? See, today we have another opportunity for you. I know you're gonna be like, man, we just, we, we just gave a thousand bags of candy. Yeah, great. Christ ain't done yet, guys. We're still all here. This starts this week. Operation Christmas Child Shoeboxes. Starts this week. I want to I challenge you guys to take the, 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 your next step. I want to challenge you to say, you know what? I'm tired of acting. I want to start reacting like a follower of Christ. And you know what? We just talked about 
we just talked about doing something um, in private. We just talked about praying in private. We just talked about fasting in private. Here's what I want. Here's an opportunity for you guys to step forward today. We have 25 boxes on each side. Please don't take any off the heart. Second hour still needs to see the heart. Um, and then we have, I don't know, 50 or so boxes put together out in the foyer. The Wilmerts, Mary and Stan, they, they kind of head up this, this the shoebox campaign. And the goal is 300 boxes this year. And I think we had like 276 boxes brought in last year. So we want to go with 300. We want to get 300 shoeboxes this year. But here's the thing. I don't want 300 shoeboxes just to be a checklist and just to be, I reacted like a Christian. I want 300 shoeboxes because we're followers of Christ. I want 300 shoeboxes that someone's going to grab that shoebox and what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to fill that shoebox. And then they're going to take the time and they're going to pray over that shoebox. And then I want them to take the time to absolutely fast for the child. The child that's going to receive this. I want you guys to open up and find that inner room. Don't just do it just because it's something you got to do. But I encourage you to find it. Some of you, some of you might not be ready to grab a shoebox, and that's okay. Some of you might need to come forward this morning. And the band is going to come forward here in a minute, and we're going to start singing another song. But some of you may want to come forward this morning and just set down before Jesus and go to the ultimate defibrillator and allow him to put your heart back in a rhythm the way he created it to be. Some of you need to do that today. And if you're watching online, go ahead and leave us a message in the comments or message us privately that you're ready to put your heart back in rhythm because it's serious. It's serious. Your relationship with Jesus is so important. It's so important. Shoeboxes are important too, but your relationship with Jesus comes first. You have that relationship with Jesus and then that blessing that you're gonna give that child will be far beyond just another check of something that you did as a Christian instead of something that you're doing as a follower of Christ. You know where you're at today. You know today is the day that you're gonna take two shoeboxes or today's the day you and your spouse or your family's gonna come forward and say, you know what, we need to get our hearts back in rhythm before I can grab that shoebox. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, thank you so much for just absolutely giving us a heart to love others, for giving us a heart to see just how important it is to find that inner room inside of us so that what we do in private is what reflects out publicly. Lord, thank you for allowing us to know that it's not our performance, but it's the performance that you do through us. Thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to know that we really do not need that heart transplant. We just need our heart shocked back into rhythm. Lord, our motives, our motives are so important. We pray that they're not self-agendas. We pray that they're not self-serving. We pray that they're not self-awareness. Lord, we pray that our motives 
come from you. We pray that our motives just bring glory to you. Lord, we want to share the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ, so much. But Lord, in order to do so, we know that our, our hearts have to be shocked back into rhythm. Lord, and I pray right now that as, as people just are moved to come and grab a shoebox, I pray that, that if it's five shoeboxes, that they, they are just taking those shoeboxes, how many ever they are. And Lord, I pray that they're not, not just taxing on them, that they are a blessing for them to do. Lord, I pray that it's something that they just feel privileged and honored to be able to do, Lord. I pray, Lord, that each and every child that receives these two boxes will feel your love because the people that put together the shoe boxes, the people that prayed over these shoe boxes, and the people that fasted over these shoe boxes were actually followers of Christ. They had their lives with a heart and rhythm with you, Lord. Lord, you know where these people are at. You know where your children are at. You know what they need. And Lord, I pray that as we leave this building today, that when we go out the rest of this day and all this week, that we just know that we cannot just be acting like Christians, that we need to be followers of Christ. Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. Amen.